0: Welcome to Gartner Tech Wave, a podcast for IT leaders. My name is Whit Andrews, and this is Gartner Tech Wave, a podcast for IT leaders. Today we have another version of our feature, which we call Nerd With Me. Uh, with Nerd With Me, we try to get down to something uh, with a certain level of depth. Uh, something we think that really benefits from, from a, 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 a thorough consideration. And today we're looking at our uh, artificial intelligence survey findings. We recently surveyed um, hundreds of enterprises about their progress with artificial intelligence. And my colleague who's going to join me today to kind of imagine the story of the successful organization when it comes to its AI strategy is Svetlana Secular. Svetlana, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me
0: with. Well, it's my pleasure. So here's what's interesting. Um, We know that there's serious growth in uh, organization proportion that says that they are adopting AI. But we're also intrigued at at what degree to which they've adopted that AI, and and what it is that seems to make it more successful or better for them. Tell me to start, uh, Svelana, if you don't mind. Give us a sense of of what the overall penetration of AI seems to be within organizations. Go ahead.
1: I will start not with this survey, but with our bigger survey that uh, covers CIOs across the globe. We saw from the latest CIO survey, where we ask only one question about AI, where they're standing in production, that. Only twenty-seven percent across the globe is in production with AI, as reported by thousands of CIOs. With that
0: level of of adoption within that, and, and here we have to be careful, and, and I'll I'll issue a few disclaimers here, it's a different sample. Um the methodology for the survey is also different. But but with that idea that about one in four organizations has AI. Um, that one in four, or that 27%, as Svetlana said, is is certainly not uh, uh, equivalent across its face. So in other words, there's a lot of different levels of adoption. Svetlana, I believe in the survey that we measured strategic versus a more tactical adoption of AI. What can you tell us about how right. that proportion shakes out?
1: So uh, what you need to keep in mind that this is the survey of organizations that have AI. So this means that it's not all organizations, but those who do have AI. And out of those, 34%, to be precise, are more strategic than tactical. And this means that they're applying AI across several business units. You can look at it as a a glass one-third full. Or one or two thirds empty
0: <laughs> okay, so I've got a glass full of you know and, and again we're doing we're, we're crossing methodologies which creates the necessity for us to be clear about the fact that that's always an imperfect process but if i've got twenty seven percent of organizations that are employing AI, what you've just said is that nine percent of organizations give or take are doing their AI implementations more strategically than they are tactically. Did, did I understand what you were saying there and uh, recognizing that, that that it's always important to introduce those, um, those caveats, Svetlana?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And okay. uh, I would also say that our artificial intelligence survey that we're discussing has been done mostly in the North America yep. and uh, in Europe not yep. across the globe wh- yep. which means that they are a little bit ahead of others right well i mean it's
0: it's an interesting distinction right and and any survey is really a measurement of the sentiment um as a respondent wishes to manifest it to the survey taker so i know that in general uh when we do this survey or when we do similar surveys with questions about artificial intelligence um for uh, people based in Asia, we get a more more adoption. So in other words, um, respondents in China are more likely to indicate uh, that they have adopted AI, more likely to indicate that they are applying it strategically. There's always regional distinctions, and that's true across right. – that's true within verticals. Um, It's true within enterprise sizes, Uh, the larger an organization is, the more likely it is to say that it's implementing AI, you know, things like that as well. So thank you for those caveats. Now, with that in mind, let's tell the story of these 9%. So let's tell the story of this 9% of organizations who are applying AI strategically, um, and I'll stop saying it after this, keeping in mind all these caveats about regional variation and methodology. So- that one out of eleven organizations, what can you tell us about talents, Vetlana? Is there a big talent challenge, and if so, how have they surmounted that? Go ahead.
1: A good question because there are a common misconcept that companies are fighting for talent and they can't find talent. while what we see that the most successful organizations that use AI strategically, use a, a balance of combination of in-house and external hiring for AI talent, and they don't have problems for, uh, in finding talent. That is, that is a distinction. It's a question of what is this tr- talent strategy. And we also know that if the team doesn't renew itself If the team is not open to external ideas, they tend to develop self-perpetuating approaches that quickly get obsolete. If they were successful a year ago and they keep repeating the same approaches, the same techniques, and so on, these techniques might be obsolete, considering that AI is developing very fast. Hmm. The okay. Is,
0: that's, that's like, intriguing. So, so if they, if they have a way that they do a thing because they did the thing and it worked a few years ago where it worked a year ago, now they keep doing that thing. And that decision is, is, is obstructing their ability to grow. Did I understand that
1: right? Yes, that's correct. Now,
0: I know that you recently talked to somebody where you mentioned that that your sense of how they might approach um, obtaining AI talent, uh, once you had had a chance to uh, to to really kind of go through the process of, of of thinking through what they meant when they wanted AI talent, as opposed to what you meant when you wanted them to take to think through a practice for how they might improve their access to AI talent. That those things were really um, they were really uh, uh, out of sync with each other. What can you tell us about that and and how you you advised that client? So what you told that client to think about and do.
1: The the idea is that when people are asking where we can get the talent, they might mean different things, such as where can we find people who code? Where can we find all kinds of new roles like AI engineer, AI architect, chief data scientist. Those are all talent. Machine learning engineer, those are all, according to our survey, those are all positions or roles that are needed for the AI team. So the talent might be multifaceted, while on the other hand, you might want to look some companies are looking for very specific talent, for example, in pharma, or some companies are looking for the cutting-edge talent, which is really hard to find, and probably this cutting-edge talent is coming from academia, but while they might know advanced algorithms, they might not be as strong in in AI engineering or architecture. So this is... This is a difficult problem to solve, and the nuances are very important. Like we see that the biggest growth for the role is for AI engineers, and that makes sense because many companies that are currently tactical want to be strategic. And in order to be strategic, they need to scale up and to scale out to make the implementations effective and robust and not to... Uh, not very expensive as well, and this is not a job of a data scientist or this guy from the academia who is advanced with algorithms but doesn't have industrial experience or scalability experience so this the the question is indeed multifaceted. The way of finding talent is also quite interesting. Some companies are looking for Consultants, or for a combination of external and internal skills through consulting augmentation. And this is one strategy of finding consultants. There are some specialized consultants. We do have our market guide of AI specialized consultants, but there there are also new and new capabilities that are coming from the vendors who have to survive to, by providing consulting skills or professional services skills. On the, on the other hand, there is a search for, for some specific skills like engineering skills. And what we see that the most effective way of bringing in the, an AI engineer to the team is upskilling the internal talent because these people have proven themselves in DevOps, for example, and now they can expand to MLOps. This is a great opportunity for people to advance their the career on the one hand. And on the other hand, this is very beneficial for the organization because they know what those people know the business, they know IT, and this, this makes it really synergetic uh, for for the organization. And there are some organizations, especially in the public sector, that have a directive, and and for a good reason, to upskill their internal talent because they understand their business, and they do something quite specific. We have seen a lot of data scientists uh, whose main tool is SQL. So why find someone outside while you can upskill internal people who know SQL
0: one of the things that has struck me that's so challenging about uh about making skills decisions for AI is that when we looked at this data in the survey um when I'm 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 looking at a slide right now that says you know organizations that are applying it strategically are more likely to have an upskilling program for AI engineer. Um, I don't do math all that fast, so I have to be careful about my guesses, but somewhere between 15 and 20% more likely to have an upskilling program for an AI architect, 25% more likely to have an upskilling program for an AI researcher. Um, Even uh, almost uh, uh, certainly twenty five percent, maybe a little bit more than that. More likely to have an upskilling program for a chief data scientist. More likely to have upskilling for a data scientist. Way more likely to have upskilling from uh, from machine learning, uh, machine learning uh, engineer. So. It 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 it's it's a challenge to imagine what it's like to be at an organization that is facing difficulty bringing AI into a more strategic realm, because it just looks like they have to invest across the board to catch up. I mean, when when we laid out the challenges, you uh, we see the most substantial challenges that organizations identify being. Um, multiple different ways of looking at and understanding data, um, access to uh, understanding of how to value AI, um, access even to skills, although that's much lower than people expect it to be. How does an organization break out of um, a tactical mindset? How do they uh, how do they renovate their approach um, to what they're trying to accomplish? And and what does the data tell us about that? Go ahead, Svetlana.
1: First of all, you cannot start with the strategic mindset. You have to go through the tactical mindset. Okay, that's great. At the earliest stages of AI adoption, you don't know what you don't know. You need to figure out how uh, the process looks like end to end. How many times have I seen those uh, companies that come to us and say, we already hired the data scientist." we are ready to start our AI initiative. That's not the case. They might not need a data scientist because there is more and more AI that is coming from the prepackaged applications sure. or from the web services. And maybe they need, for the web services, maybe they need developers. Maybe they don't need a data scientist. And that's exactly what companies don't know. The early stages is about Figuring out the process, who should participate in the process, in their specific situation, how to calculate the value, how to prove the value, what it takes to adopt, what does it take to get the company or the intended audience to trust AI. Those are all questions that uh, need to be solved. And once the company understands the end-to-end process, only then they're ready for strategic implementations. And uh, in my view and in my experience, the best sign of being ready for strategic implementations is when the employees of the company who were exposed to AI come Mm -hmm. back to the AI team Mm -hmm. and say, I have an idea of how to use AI in our specific situation, not mm-hmm. what I read, not what I heard, not what you think we should do, but right. something when I understand AI and let's move on and I see the value for where I am. Not, mm-hmm. not just a theoretical value, but practical value. And then it's a question of scale and it's a question of democratization of AI. These are different questions, but those are two axes in which the strategic team is acting. That's really
0: interesting. so I, I heard two at least two things in there. One, you're not going to get to a graceful um, airborne, spectacular feathered creature called a bird unless you go through dinosaurs first. And so that's that's obviously that's an important uh, an important issue. And one of the the points that you made as well was, in order to move through that evolution um, more speedily, uh, you do have to have those interconnections that end up transferring genetic material across within uh, within the, the 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 spreading fan of diversification so that's you described those two things at least um start small think big um and the 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 importance of of doing that internal skill development or acquiring skills from outside where people do have experience of artificial intelligence and what it can can accomplish um so all that makes sense but you also found in this data, I believe or it's it's my understanding, um, that we do still see the necessity for strategic perspectives. So one of the things that I like looking at is where the money goes. I, I just talked to a client earlier today, a technology and service provider, who said, you know, who's the most important person for me to contact in an organization in order to get access to the AI budget? I told them that. At organizations where we see strategic implementation of AI, the data shows us they're 50% more likely, roughly, it's it's a it's a it's it's a it's very much a ballpark, call it between 40 and 50 percent more likely to have their budget authority for artificial intelligence resident within the CIO office. When yes. I'm transitioning over to this strategic implementation that you've talked about when i've 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 i'm starting to make my big thinking something that's practically real um, what are the key things that I need to do? What are what are going to be the pivot points that allow me to really transition in, into that more substantial implementation of AI that stretches across my organization through multiple business units and uh, multiple different methods and and impacts. Go ahead Svetlana and tell me what I should what what are the things I should be looking for there.
1: Again, it's a growth story. It's a growth from tactical to strategic. Of course, the budget is not assigned automatically when you just start. You need to prove the value of AI. Uh, However, for the strategic teams, there should be an effort of automatically assigned budget. And we have seen that those who have budget automatically assigned are 2.3 times more successful than others. So it's a big number. Now, it's about scale. It's about money going across the organization. When we speak about the scale, to your point with the scale is belongs to IT because IT is the best organization inside the organization where they know how to scale. They connect to all kinds of stakeholders. However, another big um, and um, important factor that we found through the survey that AI team should be involved in defining the success measures and metrics of AI initiatives. So that gives 1.5 times more success than than anything. So that's a very important that's a very important uh, parameter here, and AI team has to be involved not to define um, accuracy of the model, or not only this, or a number of projects that run. That's about finding the real success measures of the business being successful by using AI. And not only business being successful by using AI, but what we also have seen at the higher levels of maturity is also how much it costs to support AI in production because we often see complex solutions or very complex solutions with all kinds of bells and whistles at the level of the line of business. And when these complex solutions are being scaled, they lose the value because it's too expensive to run them at scale and we actually have seen also as part of our survey that when the ai team primarily reports to business unit leaders outside of it that reduces their chances for success mm-hmm. as a matter of fact it's a point four times like point four uh, Right. It's Successful. actually, it, it, it cuts producer. your chances of success
0: in exactly. worse than in half, I think, is a way of saying it. Yes. Yep. yes.
1: So it's good to start there, but it shouldn't remain there because it, it, it's the story of democratization and industrialization of AI where a CIO office is the best bed for, for scaling AI. The other success criteria is not only defining the measures, but also financial analysis of the use of business KPIs. So it means that it's dynamic. And once we start looking at the KPIs, it doesn't mean that it's carved in stone. Maybe we should modify them. And the What what we know not from from the survey, but a wider story that when the KPIs are changing as part of analysis, there is a change from lagging KPIs that are very typical to the organization, such as how successful were we in the last quarter, to leading KPIs. What will we need? or what will indicate certain things that that's very specific or more specific to AI because at the highest level of maturity or higher levels of maturity, this 34% of of the companies that are running AI and that are more mature and more strategic, it's a matter of changing the business models Uh, For example, it changes through through personalization, something that is customized to a single customer rather than to thousands of customers or to a group of customers, something that is personalized. Like uh, we have seen all kinds of personalization, like personal trainer, personal uh, stylist, personal doctor, personal you know, dermatologist and so on what i'm telling you it's what we have seen this means that you have to look at, at the different kpis but in many cases you can't invent those kpis un, until you live through this yep. and this financial analysis doubles the success that's really
0: interesting so we've got a we've got a pretty robust story that's emerged here. Um, You went in with this survey and um, we knew that out there uh, in our in in the in the world of enterprises uh, that about twenty seven percent of organizations said that they were employing AI. So we take that in mind. you go a little bit deeper so we know that about one out of three organizations now that you've done your survey, one out of three organizations employing AI are actually doing so more strategically than tactically so, Now we're down to uh, something which is, you know, with with the caveats that I've mentioned many times, about one out of 11 organizations is applying AI in a strategic fashion today. They're doing it across multiple departments. They're doing it with multiple methods. Um, In order to get to that story, in order to get to that strategic application, people have to get over um, any... Uh, initial tactical approach that they take to acquiring skills. They need to be able um, to uh, to upskill in multiple different categories of roles within their organization. Um, they need to be able to attach this capability within their organization at a strategic level. So you've just pointed out that one of the that the, the factor that we noted, that was the most positive, was a key and strategic approach to assigning the budget uh, for any given uh, AI project. We also laid out a a lot of other things. Uh, Business units need to understand the techniques and how they work. Um, The AI team needs to be involved in establishing the success metrics. Um, You need to have a, a robust strategy for internal and external hiring Um, we've taken note of all of these formalizing elements. So even if, as you say, we need to start out tactically um, in order to be successful at all, we need to move to a more strategic model in order to make that success something that can happen and endure larger scale. Um, That's the story of the organization that's the most successful with AI. Did I sum that up well, Svetlana, did that make sense?
1: Absolutely, you're right. With I wanted to add also what we see to give you uh, our listeners some hope. Or I'd love to. to I, our listeners um, are always out. in the market for for hope of any kind. Go yes. ahead, Svetlana. We in the previous survey that we ran two years ago, an average time from inception to production was around nine months. Now it's reduced to seven point three months, which means. That even the beginners do something right. And it means it also means that the tools are there and the best practices are there. The beginners should should look for best practices. We at Gartner are happy to share and craft those best practices to the specific situations. Those who, who are running pilots. They need to be aware of how to run pilots. For example, we started seeing a shift from the proof of concept to minimum viable product, which means a proof of concept, let's see how it works, and we don't know what's next. A minimum viable product means it's more intentional, and we know what we're doing. We want to develop something that will serve us, and we know how to act upon it and why we do it. There are also a lot more tools, such as how do we scale it in production? How do we not? Uh, how do we get in sync between development and production, so that we don't reinvent the wheel in production or don't reimplement AI in production? That was the case a couple of years ago, but now we know that one of the important factors is those pipelines that are the same in development and production so it might not look a, 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 as a big breakthrough but it's quite a substantial breakthrough to reduce the the amount of time of uh, getting in production by i don 't know what is it what would be the night from I, you know
0: i months. did I, I i did I tried to do the math in my head like um eleven ways while you were telling yes. that story, Svetlana, but what it came down to once i once I had managed to botch it up in in any number of different ways because my degree is in political science and literature. What it comes down to is, as you say, you can do more projects with less enterprise time or with the same amount of enterprise time, you can do more projects. Your portfolio can be more robust. You can populate it more completely. Um, You have the opportunity to uh, to stop and rethink your strategy because it's as tools mature, as skills develop, and as enterprises understand and pursue artificial intelligence effectively, they're able to do more with less or do the same uh, or excuse me, uh do more with less is is where I'm gonna land on that. so as you say, you're yes. offering hope there. It sounds to me like you think that that's gonna continue to develop that you're yes. gonna that we will see uh, implementation time uh continue to shrink uh, as time passes am i am I hearing that right
1: you you are absolutely right, and moreover in in this survey, we see that forty percent of companies Implement AI between three and less than six months. So we already see this trend because seven point three months is average. Yep. The good news that there is zero percent of companies that implemented for longer than two years, even yep. though we have seen those at the early or at the earlier surveys. But the the trend is towards shortening the time, which yep. means that. The teams already know what to do. And even when we go back to the hiring, the team could be new to the organization, but they should be in a position to hire people with certain AI experience. That's not hiring people from scratch.
0: Skills and experience are swelling in organizations, and that's letting them shrink the time that it takes to go from an idea to production. You're right. That offers great hope. Svetlana, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure, with.
0: Thank you. Please subscribe and share this episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner provides impartial, independent analysis of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.